0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Total BS podcast with my man Justin Spears. Justin, what's
1: cracking, buddy? So I have to address the elephant in the room here, Saul. <laughs> and I'm not talking about this giant ass pimple on my nose, okay? <laughs> did you see that picture yeah. of Adele on Twitter? I did not. All Jamaican doubt at some oh, concert festival. All yes. you all you have to do is go Twitter search Adele. It is the funniest thing ever. Twitter is absolutely dragging her, and all I can say is, Adele, you're making me crazy.
0: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's your dad joke of the week, folks, and here we
1: go. Your fans just might like turn into our fans. Be cool it's just part of the program. Spit your best 16 if you must, you're not. Fans just might turn into be cool it's just a part of this program Spit your best 16 if you must you not whack you just sound whack rapping after us. well we
0: have a lot of stuff to get into today but first we have to make sure that we let you you all know that our first ever um, total BS podcast fantasy football draft I wish I had the NFL theme song right now that I could play. Um, we'll begin next Sunday. So one week from today we will have our our first ever Total BS podcast draft. If you want to get in, drop a message, drop a DM, like our page, whatever comment somehow some way, get a hold of Justin or myself or comment on the Total BS um, Facebook page, YouTube page, or Twitter page or Instagram page. We're everywhere, baby. Uh, and we will get you included. Obviously, we only have 10 spots, half of them are already filled, they're going fast. So, please, please, please let us know if you want to get into that. Uh, I also apologize for my camera. I will be looking down at several times because the screen is down here, but my camera's up there. So, I will do my very best to look at the camera, but uh, most of the time, it's just weird. I should have, you know, what I should have done, Justin? I should have glued uh, a picture of your face just right here around the camera, and your eyes were, you know. You know, maybe I could have made some some eye holes where the camera (laughs) lens is. So, um, and outside of that, obviously, we encourage you to subscribe and like our pages. I was gonna uh, say, but you know, please,
1: you have to get in right now, like Saul said, spots are limited, so we only have a few left. And the, the cool thing about us, we're the cool guys, we're the cool kids on the block. If you want to be a part of our fantasy league, please do it. It's going to be a great time. And I think NFL season will definitely be one to remember this year. So get in now, put it in the comments, reach out to us, and let us know. We'll get you on. I mean,
0: you can't go to the games. so (laughs) Or at least in some places you can't go to the games, some places you can. But there's really no other way to engage into fantasy football or football and enjoy the full experience if you're not going to go to the games or tailgate than to really play fantasy football now. like you Might as well go all the way in. We haven't decided what the buy-in is going to be. It won't be crazy, you know. I play in a high-dollar league. It won't be like that. But you know, hey, we're going to have some fun with it. That's the most important part of this. We're going to have some fun. We're going to have uh, fun with you. We wanted to get to know you, and you will be part of our stream next Sunday. Again, this is a, a brilliant opportunity for you to get get your face up there on the Twitterverse and in Facebook and YouTube and all that stuff. Come join the party. It'll be fun next Sunday night total BS fantasy football draft right here live at seven o'clock. Also later on in the show at, at the bottom of the hour, we will have Matt Babcock uh, from Babcock hoops. He is a former Arizona alum. I don't know if you knew that Justin, uh, but he also is a NFL draft analyst. No, he's going to school us on some of the NFL uh, NBA. I'm sorry, NBA draft prospects and he's an NBA draft analyst. He will be joining us at the bottom of the hour as well. So, Let's get to it, Justin. Obviously, a crazy week. I mean, unlike any other. And uh, we're going to go ahead and start by the bubble uh, because the Bucks are really what set the tone after the the murder of Jacob Blake, and I'll call it a murder because you don't, or not the murder. I'm sorry the 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 racial injustice shooting. the shooting of of Jacob Blake. I'm sorry, I'm fumbling over my words right now. But uh, you know, he got shot seven times in the back, and right in the back yard of the Milwaukee Bucks uh, neighborhood. And so they protested by not showing up to their game on Wednesday. And after that, all hell broke loose.
1: The Mill. Remember our last podcast? I kept calling it the Milwaukee Bucks. Mil- Milwaukee. Yeah. Milwaukee. The Bucks are personally affected by racial injustice. They have a couple of players who have had incidents with police, including uh, Sterling Brown, who was uh, thrown to the ground and assaulted just for a simple parking violation. So this definitely hit home for the Milwaukee, for the Milwaukee bucks. And <laughs> But the biggest story about racial injustice, remember we keep asking how many more players are wearing this on their back on their jerseys how many more and the reason why so many players were hesitant to go to the bubble in the first place was because they didn't want the issues to be pushed to the side and these issues continue to happen so the bucks were like listen we got to stop playing basketball just for a little bit here you know with the george floyd incident also with Brianna Taylor there was no basketball going on so a lot of teams a lot of NBA stars were able to focus on that this happened in the middle of the bubble so the bucks said listen we got to stop all basketball and put a light on this and we got to finally take a stand you know sports has always been used as an escape from the harsh reality that on in this country but the thing about 2020 And how unique slash crazy slash horrible this year has been is that you just can't escape it. And I applaud these players for taking a stand. Now, I didn't agree with the Clippers and the Lakers really wanting to just end the entire season right then and there because I really thought that would have eliminated their platform. But once again, the NBA is setting the tone for focusing on getting justice in America. And the, once the NBA did it, you saw Major League Baseball do it. You saw the WNBA did it, and finally, some teams in the NHL did it. This was a week that will go down in the history books in sports history. I I just love what the NBA players did, and um, yeah, I couldn't I couldn't applaud them more.
0: No, I, I totally agree. I think what they did is right. It's right. You know, far too many times. And you just, if you go across social media, you'll see this time after time again is people being upset that um, these players are using their platform, you know, and you just, you can never make people happy. Right, Justin. I mean, think about, think about when players were deciding whether or not to go to the bubble and people were trying to convince them that the bubble and being on TV every day was their biggest platform that they could use. And now people are complaining about the fact that they don't think these players should be using this platform to protest, and it's like, well, nothing's ever good enough. Nothing's ever good enough, and I think, you know, I think that's something that absolutely needs to go away. Is is this mindset that you you as a consumer think that you can control and dictate when players and people, more importantly, can protest? Um, if I went into work. Okay. People protest all the time, all around the country, whether they get paid millions of dollars or not. You know, there's bus strikes, there are labor strikes all over the country. You know, the NBA players are no different. Now, this isn't a labor strike, but I think it's a little bit more important than a labor strike. Obviously, it's a lot more important because we're talking about human rights. Human rights. We're not talking about just black rights. We're talking about human rights across the board. And so, I, I applaud the NBA for taking the stand that they did. I don't really care if it inconveniences your you know daily routine and now you can't watch your favorite team play. Like what's more important, a silly game or somebody getting shot in the back? I'm sorry, mm-hmm. uh, this demands our attention. and so um, I applaud the NBA. Uh, the, NH- the NHL took took uh, uh, two days off MLS, um, canceled some games. like every sport that is active right now, to some degree participated in this boycott and i applaud a lot of the teams that that stood up for
1: what they believe is right Saul, so we've always heard the term or recently or last few years shut up and dribble yeah. it was uh coined by laura something i don't even know her name yeah, laura um, ingram laura ingram that's her name yeah um
0: the I, more I, just, I hear I, it,
1: the less I, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just call her Laura. What's her face?
0: There you go. That's better. So
1: Laura, so Laura, what's her face? Told LeBron to shut up and dribble, and that was just a few years ago. And yet these issues continue to happen. And these basketball players look at people who just say, "Oh, well, you just need to focus on this. You just need to do that." Where has that gotten them? Yeah. It is. It is 2020. NBA players have been told. Put lead politics out of the sport. Why do you got to put politics in the sport? They've ignored it, and they try to make sports a safe haven for a long time. But these issues have just piled up, and it's just yeah. gotten too much. And these guys are fed up. A lot of people in this country are fed up. And I think a lot of these NBA players realize, We talk about the platform. They're speaking on the behalf of millions of people who are hurt right now. Out And guys who look like me are allies. They are fed up right now. And so they joined forces with their teammates. I am so proud to be a basketball fan. I am so proud to be an NBA fan right now.
0: So I mean, they've taken the lead. They've absolutely taken the lead. In this issue, uh, they they have led from the front, basically from the get go. Um, you know, after Kaepernick uh, took a knee, after that, surely thereafter, um, the NBA has essentially taken that that torch and and run with it, and been at the front of all this. They they are the trendsetters. Uh, believe it, whether you believe it or not, the NBA are, is trendsetters, and they've always been more active when it comes to the civil rights um, you know, opportunities that sometimes exist, uh, both good and bad. And so, um, I applaud the NBA, um, and I applaud all the other sports for participating. Um, but you know, we'd be remiss if, if, you know, man, I, Justin, I think you and I talked the other day and we felt like this week was like a month. Um, and 2020 has felt like a decade. Um, it has just been the worst year of all time. And it didn't get any better come Thursday. So Wednesday we have the lockouts or the the, the boycotts, and then Thursday night, obviously, a man that's very close to you and I, um, and the rest of the basketball world, Mr. Lute Olson, um, Coach O is what they call him. Um, he passed away at the age of eighty-five, <clears throat> and and you know I, we all love him, uh, and he had a great legacy. Um, Justin, I know you being a part of the Tucson scene, uh, you know I think we all. You know, we all saw this coming to a degree here soon. Um, It's just it still hurts when it actually comes to fruition. And, uh, you know, his legacy, $1.2 billion worth of NBA salaries um, so far is what he has been um, is the amount of players that he's been responsible to put into the league. And it's just it's unbelievable. Guys by the name of Gilbert Arenas and Mike Bibby and Richard Jefferson and Sean Elliott. The legacy goes on and on and on. And um, a tremendous and and more than anything else, he did it with a plum and class. And um, it's a it was he was a tremendous individual and if you ever had a chance to to meet him, you would know it because it, it made a significant impact on your life. And Justin and I will talk about this uh, as we close the show. Yeah. So stay tuned for that. Um, we have a couple of things we want to share with you guys. But um, Justin, yeah, yeah, that that news wasn't wasn't easy to hear.
1: Yeah, it was. It's definitely one of the worst days in Tucson history. It's definitely the worst sports day in in Tucson history when Lute Olson passed away because he meant so much to one city like he is the most recognizable he was the most beloved person ever to live in Tucson yeah. he, there wasn't ever. one person who disliked Lute Olson. not one person and when you talk about class Lute Olson was the definition of it he never cussed he was never a hothead and One thing that I've gathered when I hear players talk about Coach and what he meant to them, it's not even about basketball. It's about getting ready for life. You know, our really good friend, Corey Williams, shared an incredible, such a beautiful video, which was a tribute to Coach O. And one of the things I thought really stuck with me was he said, You taught us how to play by showing us how to live. Yeah. Absolutely. And he got and he got guys ready for life. And Saul, you mentioned the 1.2 billion dollars, that's just playing in the NBA. Yes. That's not even the professional world. Harvey Mason, who is an award-winning uh produ- music producer mm-hmm. who has music in films, has won a lot of accolades he's very successful in the music business let's talk about coaching think about how many coaches have graced the nba scene that have ties to lute olsen some who have played under him and some who have coached under him a lot of people forget yeah. uh dunlap you coached yeah. in the nba for a little bit you have mike steve budenholzer, mike budenholzer. budenholzer. Yep. and and you have steve kerr in the golden state warriors dynasty And it's just elevated to the NBA level. When you look at the Golden State Warriors and the heyday that they were in, the prime when they were winning championships, that was loot Olsen product basketball right there. Yeah. And he he just meant so much to the basketball world. And I think it was so incredible to see the NBA honor loot before every one of their games over the weekend.
0: Well, I mean, that's I mean that they they should. They should. They should. You know, anybody no. anybody that has any type of an impact in the game in a positive manner, much like Lute Olson did, and dedicates, you know, essentially their entire life to the sport of basketball deserves to be recognized to that level for sure. Um and, 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 go ahead. and
1: so I so I will say this Lute Olson is one of five head coaches to in to all time.
0: Consecu- 20 consecutive
1: 21 seasons. 21 seasons. And if you go back and look at Arizona's schedules during those times, they weren't playing cupcakes in the non. No. Non- like Michigan State, Texas, Maryland, Georgetown, like they were playing the best of the best in college basketball during non-conference play. And yeah. I remember one season. I don't know if you remember this all. Didn't they play Michigan State in the middle of conference play? So you have UCLA. You still have all these great Pac-10 teams, and then you just got oh Michigan State coming to town one weekend.
0: Yeah, because it used to be, back and there in the weren't day,
1: as many games then as there are now.
0: So back in the day, it used to be where the ASU week, because usually that's that was just a one-game week. Um, they would schedule a game that Saturday as well if they played on a Wednesday or vice versa. And so typically yeah. they would they would go across the country see who else was playing their rival and then try and schedule a team like that to play um, in a unique game. And so um, L- Lute Olson, to his credit, and I don't know what has changed, at least, you know, obviously we follow the U of A a lot, but uh, I don't know what has changed since Lute left and how difficult schedule, scheduling and the in the mindset coaches have in scheduling big-time opponents, um, how much that has changed. But Lute Olson was not afraid to take on the best of the best. They He took on Duke at Duke and Duke at home, took on North Carolina seemingly every other year. Uh, Michigan, when the Fab Five was here, like, I mean, there were – tons of games that this man was responsible for, for getting and, and building a program. Cause you don't build a program by playing a bunch of soft asses period. Yeah. And I, I obviously you and I both know that, and we've seen uh, the fruits of that lack of labor in my opinion, but um, you know, by and large, we're, we're talking about a man who was responsible for a huge legacy, uh, not only in Tucson, but in the sport of basketball, but Uh, I digress if I don't get to this last point um, and just kind of tapped off the week, but uh, one, Mr. Chadwick Boseman, uh, Black Panther. I mean, talk about out of nowhere, out Hmm. of nowhere. And, you know, Justin, I'm 40 years old myself and um, colon cancer is actually very, um, very close to my heart. So my sister uh, got married back in 2012 she got married, and uh, her husband was 24 at the time. And this gentleman, after the birth of their daughter in January of 2013, got diagnosed with colon cancer at the age of 25. 25 years old. And his his name I'm is 25. Josh Skilling. He, Josh Skilling, he is a very close member of our family, or, or what? Because he passed away at the age of 28 of 28 of colon cancer. And to make matters worse, when I had to go to see his funeral or go to be with my sister for a funeral regents, I got to meet Josh's dad again. I met him before, but he also was in the middle of stage four colon cancer um, and he just passed away um, uh, a year ago. And so in the span of about three years, uh, my sister lost two close members of her family to colon cancer and it was it's just so unexpected it's just so unexpected it's just so sad and so when i heard the chad chadwick Bozeman story i just man what what else is 2020 gonna give us man
1: yeah i had to read the headline about four to five different times to make sure that it was real and at first you know kind of going back to january when we found out kobe died you're just in this state of disbelief. Yeah, like there's, there's no way. Yeah, I, please like, be wrong. Like I, yeah. like you, really wish at that time that there was poor journalism and nobody yeah. fact check and they got it completely wrong and you just wanted that article to be wrong. And it, and it wasn't because there was no TMZ breaking the story. We found out about Chadwick Boseman. Because somebody posted on Chadwick Boseman's Twitter and uh, Instagram accounts, and then that's when you started seeing the headlines. And yeah. I was I was in, in such disbelief because when I heard colon cancer, I was like, "Since when?" Yeah. He never made it public, or at least I don't recall him no, ever he making. He didn't making it he kept public. it private. Yeah, and he made Black Panther. He was also uh, Jackie Robinson. He made mm-hmm. so many. Incredible movies. He passed away.
0: Jackie Rob, he played Jackie Robinson and passed away on Jackie Robinson Day Robinson in Day baseball. It, that's just crazy, man. Just crazy.
1: Yeah. And when I when I heard that note, I was like, 2020, man. The, the, <laughs> t- seriously. And not only was he making movies and being a su- superhero, but he visited a lot of kids at children's hospitals Yep. because they looked up to him like he was a superhero. Use a kid looks at him and says, Oh my gosh, that's black Panther. Yeah. And going through colon cancer treatment, making all these movies and staying in top physical shape. So you can play a superhero all while inspiring little kids.
0: And who knows if he I, had it at that time.
1: Yeah,
0: right. You know. I mean, I honestly, I mean, Josh had it for four years, stage four for four years, and he wasn't in the best of shape. I can only imagine somebody of Chadwick Boseman's, you know, physical stature. He looked like he was in shape. He didn't look like he was, you know, not in shape. You know what I mean? And so how long did he have this? Was this something that happened in the last couple of months? Is this something that he's had for a couple of years? You know, so many questions, which I'm sure will come out at some point, but it almost I will say this too. It almost lends itself to the man. I want to, I don't, I don't think uh, professionalism isn't the right word, but the regalness of him um, to die without bringing attention to himself. That's, that's a unique, that's a unique trait. That just is.
1: And that's what we call a real-life superhero. I know I'm not the only one that has said it, and a handful of people have said it on Twitter, but I just have to echo it. Chadwick Boseman was a real-life superhero. It was never absolutely. about himself, was always about others. And the roles that he played in movies, just absolutely incredible. Chadwick Boseman was on his way to being one of the best actors that we have seen. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just so unfortunate because when I say 2020, man, this year has taken away some incredible people from us.
0: It's been a hard year. And I, I year. look
1: at the, I look at the photo of when Kobe Bryant won his Oscar for deer basketball and seeing the picture next to Chadwick Boseman. 43 and 41 years old just taken away from us abruptly yeah ah uh, yeah fuck this year man
0: <laughs> for real i mean Fucking, that's that's the bumper sticker right there man It's just fuck f this 20. year you know what i mean Jeez. so um so you know, rest in peace to Ludo Olson. Rest in peace to Chadwick Bozeman, Those two gentlemen, you know,
1: and also uh, Clifford Robinson, former and Portland Clifford General Robinson.
0: Blazer. Yesterday, yeah, I mean, Jesus, and he was only forty-five. I mean, oh, I'm sorry, he was fifty-three. He was fifty-three. My bad. He was fifty-three. Um, still, but still, you know, that's fairly young, and you know, and f- especially for a professional, former professional athlete, you know, and so. <sighs> There's just a couple things that that I gotta say off of that. Number one, nobody's guaranteed tomorrow. Nobody, 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 nobody. Number two, do what you can today to make a to to make tomorrow a better day for everybody. For everybody, you know, we live in a very cynical world. We live in a world right now that is um, just ripe with strife and conflict and disagreements and distrust and conspiracy and nobody trusts each other. At the end of the day, I need to know and I hope people understand and know that when you meet me, I'm going to treat you for how you treat me. You know what I mean? Um, What I'm going to give to you is the same thing I would expect in return. I won't ask it. I won't tell you to do it. I just that's the assumption. And I think as we move forward in in this life, you know, thinking about that person next to you, your neighbor, your neighborhood, you know the people you love, family, friends, and uh, you know, you got to take care of each other. otherwise, you know, your time's gonna come to an end and you you don't want to be left thinking, man, I wish I would have done x, y, and z. and that used to be something that I used to think about career-wise, uh, no longer, you know, because whether I have a job or not, I can still treat people with the respect that they deserve, you know, and carry myself uh, the proper way, and so that's just, you know, I, I think everybody needs to do that, and I think the the examples that we just gave with Chadwick Boseman and Lute Olson are two prime examples of people that did that. They cared about people more than they cared about themselves. Mm-hmm.
1: So... But I will. I don't, uh, I don't know about you, Saul, but no, I was going to say this year has really taught me just be generous, be kind, and I you know I've always had a kind heart. You know that. People, anybody that knows me knows that I, I will always treat you with the utmost respect. But except on the basketball you know, I, court, I, I, I might I might call just a travel, comes out.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, he definitely justin definitely turns into this kyle so lowry true. when we go play rec ball for sure so um but hey we have we have our special guest so uh, it's
1: not michael jordan it's kyle lowry <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah no no yeah it's definitely we have our special guest uh in in the waiting block right now and so we'll go ahead and get to it uh we're going to talk a little nba draft with the one the only mr matt babcock how you doing sir yeah, i'm doing well how are you Fantastic. Justin, Matt, Matt, Justin, here we go. Uh, You know, uh, Matt, first of all, thanks for joining us. And before we get started, obviously, we've kind of been talking, uh, as you've probably you. heard about uh, one, Mr. Lute Olson, you played for the Arizona program temporarily, um, or for a short period of time, I should say. Um, what were your experiences with Lute, and anything that you would like to share in terms of what you will remember the most?
2: Yeah, I'm glad you asked me that. I mean, I was, I was planning on saying something about Lute. And uh, you know, I, I played on the team for a short time, and Lou was my coach. And uh, more importantly to me, uh, you know, I, I grew up in Arizona, and I, I idolized Lou Olson and his program. And to have the opportunity to to be a member of that team and have him be my coach, and uh, even just spend a, you know a little bit of time with him, uh, it, you know, it, I, I'm so thankful for. Him. I mean, just what a great man, and uh, you know, has done so much for the Arizona basketball program. And I, I think his his legacy will carry on forever because that I means he's, he's created this Wildcat family. Uh, that's really become like this, you know, strong fraternity. I mean, we're we're all friends. I mean, whether it's, you know, Andre Godala, Channing Fry, Sean Elliott, I mean, we're, you know, we, 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 you know, travel the world. We're all coaches, agents, you know, different, different areas of basketball. And, you know, we say, Hey, we played for Luke. We're, we're family. And so, I mean, you know, Luke created something special. And uh, his grandson, Matt brazzi was a teammate of mine. I talked to him a couple of days ago and, um, you know, I just, you know, expressed to him just, you know, how, how bad I feel for his family. And, you know, of course, we, we all you know, knew this was coming. I mean, Lou was a little older and had some health problems, but you, you can never prepare to, to lose somebody like Lou. And just, uh, you know, I, I certainly have a heavy heart. I, I know all of our, our Wildcat family does, too.
0: For sure. For sure. Well, thank you for sharing that. Um, and, you know, one of Lute's legacies was putting people in the NBA. So why don't we get to that? Sure. Um, you know, uh, as an NBA draft analyst, you know, first of all, I think the, the first question Justin and I pr- both have is how is COVID-19 going to change the way these teams really go through this process?
2: Yeah, I mean, for, I mean, for one, it's it's been a, a crazy long process that none of us have, have dealt with, you know, re- regardless of the angle you're, you're taking at the draft. Um, you know, and, and we're all limited. You know, and nobody's traveling much, if at all. Uh, and, and so, for NBA teams specifically, uh, you know, they're limited to watching a lot of video, may, maybe watching too much video, um, and, and doing these Zoom calls where they're interviewing the kids, which is which is productive. Um, you know, but it only gives you so much information. So, I mean, the, the whole you know traditional pre-draft process of bringing the guys in, you know, take them to dinner, watching you know you know do an individual workout or workout against other players. Uh, that's all that's all off the table. So, I mean, it's it's very
1: unique this this year. Usually, the NCAA tournament really gets some guys moving up in the draft. Like one prime example, and sorry for all you Arizona basketball fans, but Wisconsin <laughs> and Sam Decker. It seemed like uh, Sam Decker, like, shot his way up draft boards. But, of course, there was no NCAA it hasn't tournament. hasn't done
0: anything since. Jeez. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but there's no NCAA tournament. There haven't been any, you know, in-person workouts. You just discussed about how lack of exposure will benefit or I guess hurt a lot of players, but who do you think out of any college basketball players, who do you think benefits just from the footage that we've seen in the regular season?
2: Yeah, I mean, I have a few few different thoughts on that. I mean, I think one, I mean, missing March Madness. I mean, there's always you know a few guys that really rise. I mean, you, you see how guys perform you know under the bright lights. Um, I mean, I personally think Obi Toppin, who, who I currently have at number one, I think if the whole world would have seen him on the big stage, I think a lot more people would be thinking the same way I do. Uh, and I actually do think there's a number of NBA people that, that think the same way I do. And so uh, there's always going to be a number of guys like that that would have had that opportunity. Uh, to really rise, you know, w- within the media, within the public, in, uh, among NBA circles, um, you know, and then as far as guys that that are maybe benefiting from the lack of exposure, uh, you know, I don't know who that would be, but it's the guys that probably are overrated right now that, that would have maybe struggled in, in individual workouts uh, with teams. And so, again, it's just, uh, you know, I, I think it's really interesting times. Everybody's having to kind of adapt. Uh, we'll, we'll just see how it turns out, I guess, right?
0: For sure. For sure. Well, speaking of, you know, you mentioned Obi Toppin uh, in, in your top five. Why don't you give us your top five and, and why you, you rank these players? Because your 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 top five is is different than a lot of other people's, especially when you look at like the ESPNs and the, and the other
2: the other outlets, for sure. Sure. So, I mean, with with our with our, our mock draft that we do for Babcock Hoops, Um, You know, I really look at team needs. I mean, I put myself in the shoes of the decision maker of that team and and make the best decision for that team, not not just my big board of ranking players. Uh, So how I have it now with, you know, I have Minnesota taking Obi Toppin. Um, I I don't necessarily have Obi as the clear-cut number one player in the draft, uh, but I I question the fit of the other top players with Minnesota. So I I decided to go with Obi Toppin. Um, You know, James Wiseman from Memphis, you know, I think, you know, at least from a media public standpoint, a little bit out of sight, out of mind. He only played three games at Memphis. Uh, this is a seven-foot-one guy that can move, that's skilled, that's a, you know extremely smart kid. I, I think he's going to be able to step in and, and be really effective. Uh, and then Anthony Edwards from Georgia, a freshman, uh, probably has the most upside in the draft. I, I watched him in, at the Maui Invitational drop 33 points against Michigan State in one half. Uh, you know He didn't do that consistently all year, but I saw it with my own eyes. He's got the talent to be a star, he needs to click on on some certain things and develop, uh, but he's got upside. And then, of course, Lamelo Ball, you know, the youngest ball brother, you know, six seven point guard. Um, you know, a lot of a lot, a lot of negative uh, attention surrounding the ball family, but the kid's got talent. Uh, I think he may be a little overhyped at this point, but hey, he's good. Uh, and then Danny Abdia from Israel, you know, six nine point forward, versatile as heck. Uh, I, I think this group of group of guys are going to be good NBA players.
1: Bring up Lamelo Ball. What makes him different than Lonzo?
2: You know, um, again, I've got a few different thoughts on this. You know, the, the one I, I do think Lamelo is being a little overhyped. I mean, there's a lot of buzz that hey, this guy should be the clear cut number one pick in the draft. Grant, I, I, I see the upside, I see the talent. He's got he's got great size. He's got the ball in a string. He's got a knack to make plays. Uh, but you know, I, I think the downside with him is not being you know brought to you know everybody's attention too much. Uh, he's not very athletic. He's not very physical. Uh, does not Does not care about the defensive end at all. Uh, seems a little immature, a little bit entitled. Of course, we've all kind of you know been um, you know witnesses of, of what's going on with that family with the dad and you know the expectations that have been set that I, I personally think have been unfair to Lonzo. Um, you know what makes him different, with, with, you know than Lonzo. I think he's a little bit more built like a scorer. Um, I think he's less athletic. Um, you know, and so I, I don't see this being a deal where. Lamell is going to step into the league and be clear-cut better than his brother. I think he's got some things he needs to address. I think he's got a chance of being better, um, but you know, let's see how it goes.
0: Power Five conference-wise, you know, there's a lot of prospects from each conference. If you had to pick one from each conference, let's start with the West Coast and go all the way to the East um, with the Pac-12. Who would it be?
2: Oh, well, Pac-12 is easy for me. Anyaek Kungwu from USC. That this guy's a big-time player. I mean, he's. Uh, you, know, you look at his size, he's 6'9", 245. He's more of a 5 than a power forward, uh, but this guy's great. I mean, we've seen the success Bam Adebayo's had in Miami. He's kind of in that mold, uh, a little bit like Al Jefferson, m- much more athletic. Uh, but I think this kid's going to be able to step in and, and be a major mm-hmm. contributor off the bat and, and have a great career. Big 10? Big 10, uh, you know, probably the least amount of talent of the Power 5 conferences. But uh, Jalen Smith from Maryland would probably be the guy I would peg. Uh, six ten, long, uh, shoots the ball from outside, and a terrific you know rim protector. Big twelve, big twelve. Tyrese Halliburton, uh, you know six five point guard. Uh, just you know had, you know their team didn't do that well th- this year at Iowa State, but uh, just sort of a do it all smart kid stretches the floor. Even though he kind of shoots the ball like Bob Cousy. he knocks <laughs> that thing down and just really knows how to play. You know, I, I, I'm a little worried about his <laughs> physical limitations, uh, but just sharp kid that that knows how to play. ACC. You know, I'd be torn between Patrick Williams and Devin Vassell, both from Florida State. Uh, but I'm going to go with Patrick Williams. He's just got so much upside. He's uh, you know, 6'8", 225. It really fits into the you know modern game of being a hybrid forward that kind of can do a little bit of everything, defend everybody, shoots the ball from outside, big-time athlete. Uh, you know, he's not quite there yet, but if things click, he could be one of the better players in the draft. And then finally, the SEC. Anthony Edwards, you know, again, you know, he's uh, he's got a lot of room for improvement. You know, I I think he needs to kind of grow up as a player. uh, Doesn't make all the right decisions. You know, needs to kind of develop his motor to be a little bit more consistent. Uh, The talent's there, though. The raw talent is off the hook. His physical tools are off the hook. Uh, I mean, he's probably got the best chance of being a star. Uh, Again, he needs to improve things, but. Anthony Edwards for sure does he scare
0: you maybe uh in possibly he reminds me a little bit of Stanley Johnson physically um you know just kind of that bulky kind of guard um you know he can do a little bit of everything but can he obviously he can score better than I think Stanley Johnson could in college without a doubt um but does does he does that does that
1: correlation do yeah, no, I, I, I
2: that I, mean, I think Anthony Edwards has got more raw talent uh, yeah. than Stanley did. at the the same stage. Uh, But yeah, that's sort of the concern is, is all these things are all these things going to click. And uh, you know, and the way I kind of look at upside guys is, okay, what do they need to get to where you want them to be? And the more, more things that kind of tally up, the more risk that that comes with it. And so I I do think there is a, you know, a decent amount of risk with Anthony Edwards. I think he's going to be at least a good player. Uh, Is he going to be, you know, maximize his potential? My confidence level isn't super high you know, again, let's just, we got to see how it goes. But I mean, that's where, that's where I kind of went, you know, me going with Obi Toppin with the fit for Minnesota, the the risk with Anthony Edwards is what kind of held me back of like, you know, we need to go all in with Anthony Edwards, regardless of how he fits with this team. I'm not quite there with him. Um, So, you know, this draft is really, there's so much parity with the top. I think teams should, you know, look at fit.
1: So you had Anthony Edwards going number two, correct?
2: Uh, Three, three to Charlotte. Three.
1: Okay, why do you think he can fit in with, with the Charlotte Hornets?
2: Uh, I mean, fit, it fits what they have. You know, I mean, you know, uh, Devontae Graham from Kansas really took off this last year. Uh, they, they committed a bunch of money to Terry Rozier. This backcourt last year, they, they had two guys, uh, six foot one. And so, I mean, I think Anthony Edwards could be slotted in at the two guard. Uh, they took Miles Bridges, who's like a three, four, a couple years ago. Uh, PJ Washington from last year is really, you know, picking things up. They, they do need to address their, their five. Uh, but I mean, he fits with what they're doing. He's got the most upside in the draft. So at three, um, I, I personally think it's a no brainer. It's worth the risk. And, and he'll at least be you know, a good player, if not great.
0: And before we let you go, um, obviously you mentioned Obi Toppin, but if you had a, a player to pick that wasn't in the Power Five and maybe or maybe is in the Power Five conference, but didn't get that much love this year, um, who's that sleeper pick that you just think, man, this guy could be
2: like next level good? You know, I, I don't know if there's any any you know surefire stars or anybody I put my neck on the line on that level. Uh, but a few guys I don't think are getting enough attention. Um, Malachi Flynn from San Diego State, I think the kid's a stud. I think he's going to be a good NBA player. Uh, Jalen Harris from Nevada, another another kid from the Mountain West. Um, uh, let's see here, um, Elijah Hughes from Syracuse. You know, their team wasn't very good, I, and he's a, he's an upperclassman. I, I don't think I don't think he's getting the love. I, I think he deserves it. And then Cassius Stanley. Um, who I think has been sort of hidden in plain sight at Duke. You know, he, he was asked to fill a role, pretty much run the floor, hit open shots, and and dunk the ball, which he did really well. And I, I think a lot of people were being critical on him of you know not being the creator, which I saw him do that in high school. So uh, th- those that's the group of guys that I think are a little bit underrated. You know, at least as far as how I evaluate them.
1: So one last question, sure. Matt. I know NBA drafts sometimes a few trades happen. And there isn't really a bona fide superstar in this year's draft, or one that is, you know, is going to be number one. But do you envision someone making a trade?
2: Oh, sure. I mean, there's trades every every draft, right? I mean, it's uh, you know, since I've been a little kid, I love the draft, and you know, David Stern come up. With, you know, we have a trade, right? It was, uh you know, it's like Christmas morning when when you hear that. And I, I think that I think there's gonna be a lot of trades this year. Um, you know, I, I think there's gonna be teams high in the lottery that are going to look to make moves. I'm not sure how easy it's going to be. I know with the uncertainty of how next season is going to look, and just the landscape of of the economy and you know the NBA's the own economy, um, I, I think teams are going to be very conservative financially, uh, and so I, it may be harder um, you know to make moves than, than you know some teams would, would like to hope uh, it would be. But um, you know, I, I do think there's going to be a lot of
1: active teams trying to make moves. How likely um, is one of those teams going to be the Philadelphia 76ers?
2: You yeah, think. yeah. No, I, I think I think Philly for sure. I mean, of course, uh, you know, the, the, it seems like there's going to be quite a bit of turnover. They just fired Brett Brown. Um, you know, Philly's sort of a tough market as it is. Um, and they've got a bunch of picks. You know, they got a bunch of second round picks. You know, I I don't see um I don't see a world where they keep all those picks. I mean, I guess they could do some draft and stash. You know, guys, there's really not that great a group of those types of players this year, though. Um, yeah, Philly, if I were to bet on it, I'd say they're trading it at least once.
0: Matt, before we let you go, um, tell us about Bob Babcock hoops and how it got started and what you guys are. I mean, you guys produce a lot of good content. So why don't you tell the people about you?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank, thank you. Um, yeah, so Babcock hoops, I, you know, I, I guess a little, little backstory. So I, I was an agent for 10 years, um, you know, decided to get out of that business, wanted to get back closer to my roots. My family has all worked in basketball on the scouting side and the front office side for years and, um, got out of there being an agent and wanted to scout. And, uh, Started doing some media stuff, some writing for Sports Illustrated and decided, you know, I, I think I could put together, um, you know, an infrastructure of my own. So I created Babcock Hoops. Um, you know, I, I brought on some former NBA scouts to, to assist me. And, uh, you know, so we do a number of different articles, uh, all basketball related, all NBA related. But our, our main you know, focus is the NBA draft. And, um, and so you can find us on, on BabcockHOOPS.com. And then I also, uh, you know, I'm a contributor for CBS Sports HQ. I, I'm an NBA draft analyst for them. Then I'm also involved with a new site that just started actually last week, uh, BasketballNews.com, and it's a it's a really great concept. So uh, Alex Kennedy, who had been at HoopSite forever, just you know is the main guy there. And so there, there's several you know high level journalists, and they've got a number of uh, former NBA players. We're all you know creating content. I'm providing draft coverage for them as well. So kind of all over the place, but uh, yeah, check check us out.
0: Hey, well, we appreciate you coming on and joining us today on the Total BS Podcast. Thanks for the information. Uh, we yeah. definitely are going to use that. So uh, best of luck to you for the rest of the year. And uh, let's let's hope we have basketball in 2021 as well.
2: Oh, for sure. <laughs> Thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. All right.
0: That's Matt Babcock from badcophoops.com. And uh, we thank him for joining us today. A lot of good information you just provided us, Justin. And, uh, you know, obviously... Uh, it's 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 odd to have somebody come in and have such a, a depth of knowledge and then on top of that i honestly i i was like oh yeah i forgot he he is a u of a guy <laughs> so mm-hmm. so uh, to have him share his story about lute olsen too that was uh was kind of a two birds in one stone kind of deal huh
1: absolutely and very insightful um a solid basketball mind that definitely knows his stuff. So um go check out all of his content, everything, all six sites that he's writing for. Um yeah, go definitely go go check it out.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well whoa. that you know Justin,
1: that was <laughs> Man. That's, that's a mood right there that sound <laughs> that you just made it is that a has mood, been my man. mood all year long all well year you,
0: long. you know what let's let's change up the mood and and take the edge <laughs> off a little bit how about we just start everybody's favorite segment of the week don't be that guy justin start it off buddy
1: So I scrolling through Twitter the other day. Rex Chapman, one of the best follows on Twitter. He's always got some good videos, some quality content. (laughs) And he posted this video of a party in Georgia. Not sure why they're having this get-together during a global pandemic, but this gentleman wearing a Georgia sweater. I can't say if this is in Georgia, but apparently he likes the Bulldogs. This lady said, I bet you – that you can't blow out the candle while wearing a mask because he's looks like to an anti-masker says masks are useless well it, they try out
0: Oh come on fucking do, do it do it How'd that go for you dumbass yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> And then he takes off the ma- then he takes off the mask with this high pitched squeaky voice and says it doesn't matter it doesn't matter no it it looks like you got god
0: man Man, this yeah you got god
1: (laughs) you got god and that right there i want to send to every single one of my people one of my friends that think that a mask isn't going to help anything that right there shows you why masks are useful so in summary wear a freaking mask That's it. Just wear a mask, man. I want to go see sports again
0: in person. Please, just wear a mask. If if for nothing else, just do it for that. That's it. That's it. That's all I'm asking. So my don't be that guy. You know, obviously, Justin. School started a couple weeks ago, and there are millions of parents around the country that are teaching their kids from home, and I think there's been a, a much a much bigger appreciation for what teachers bring to the table and uh this is my example of a father getting a little bit too excuse me too frustrated oh i guess i I lost it hold on i'm sorry
1: to see this say we're we're getting a view of 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 saul's desktop right now which brings (laughs) my next point which brings me to my next point Saul. you bring up teachers during a global pandemic teachers are trying to corral two dozen students in each class to stay focused, stay locked in on the assignments at hand. I see videos of some of these teachers and I just don't know how they do it. And okay, here we go,
0: Justin. I got it. Oh
1: hey, okay. we got it.
0: Yeah, here we go. All right. So oh, yeah. stop oh my gosh, all the screen savers and pop-ups. Oh my gosh. Here we go. <laughs>
1: So what is, what is going on here? Can you not hear this? I cannot hear it.
0: Oh, okay. So he's like, Tom has two markers. And he gets three more. How many markers does he have? And the kid Five. goes, two. He goes, count the markers. How many does he have? One, two. He's like, okay. One, two, three. Get the hell <laughs> out of here. <laughs> you stumpy, dumbass college kid. You don't
1: know what the hell you're doing. <laughs> the kid is just super frustrated. <laughs> Oh my gosh! How much am I paying for tuition? And you can't even <laughs> do simple simple math.
0: Oh my gosh! Yeah. So uh, yeah,
1: have you had that moment, <sighs> by the way, as a parent, where you're teaching them something simple and you're just like, no? Uh,
0: so actually, partners. I I so I actually very distinctly remember Alex, my my oldest, uh, when he was about f- two or three years old. Um, I was sitting in the bed with him and I was reading him a good night story and I wanted him to start to learn how to read. And so we were sounding out words and, um, and I think, let's just say the word was like bat. Right. And so I was like, all right, buh. And he was like, buh. And I was like, ah, ah, t-t-t. what does that say? He was like bit. And I'm like, no, say it again. He's like bits. No, not bits. Say it again. I was like, buh. Bah, ah, ah, what does it say? And he would be like, bit. So after about an hour <laughs> of doing this, he finally said, bat. And I was like, yeah! You got it! And I was, I, I think my enthusiasm scared the crap out of him, because he started immediately crying. <laughs> 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 like, I think I just put this kid through a torture chamber of just trying to get this thing, and he was frustrated just like I was. And But I was like, no, we're going to keep going until we get this right. And he was probably like, man, I just want this to be over with. And uh, yeah, it, d- it didn't quite work out as well as I thought it was going to. So, yes, frustration levels for parents right now. That are reminds on a me whole of another level.
1: That reminds me of the movie Big Daddy when they're having the spelling competition and <laughs> the little kid can get it right. But then Rob Schneider, the delivery guy, gets the word hippopotamus and he's just like, heep, <laughs> heep hip 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 hop anonymous <laughs> oh, you give all the easy words. <laughs>
0: oh man so that's don't be that guy don't be that guy hey, be, be patient with your kids and be patient with yourself cuz you're not going to have all the answers but i guarantee you the answers are out there and guess what people there's a thing called google so if you get stuck just google that shit and it'll help you out i promise you it'll help um so uh before we wrap up today's show thank you all for joining us again on another Total BS Podcast, we do have Tell Me Something Good. And obviously, we have mentioned his name several times in this podcast so far. Mr. Matt Babcock had mentioned him as well, Lute Olson um, he, he was very near and dear to our hearts. And so, Justin, I'm going to actually go first on this one because I also have a, another thing that I want to do. Um, but this right here is a poster. I don't know if you guys can see it. Of the 1997 arizona basketball team and it's all wow. signed and that's the only national championship that the A had under lute olsen and it was wow. it was it's one of my prized possessions it's uh it's my fiance's and so now that's why i'm marrying her of course because i wanted the poster <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> sorry i, didn't, sorry, I didn't know that was a part of the script
0: <laughs> um, but, uh, in all seriousness, you know, that team was, was very special. Um, you know, I got a chance to play against a lot of members of that team and a loot, the way he carried himself, um, really throughout the ups and downs. Cause as you know, they had a lot of first round exits when they were the number two or the number three seed. Um, but, uh, you know, they finally were able to overcome and win a national championship with a team that was very, very good and should have won back-to-back national championships, um, but that's another that's for another day. Um, so in honor of Lute, <clears throat> you know, I just, you know, I love you, and I wish I had a chance to say that um, to your face uh, because even though you weren't my coach, you definitely felt like it to
1: me. Lute Olsen is a legend. And like I said, at the beginning of this, oh, podcast, J- Justin, Estella heard that.
0: I heard that. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, love you. Ya. Might as
1: well just stay in that, in that room. That <laughs> We're going to stay in
0: this room. I'm going to sleep on this little couch right here. I got it. <laughs> I got
1: it. <laughs> uh, but you know, Lute Olsen um, was a huge part of my sports life. Uh, this year, has taken away two figures off my personal sports Mount Rushmore, Kobe and now Lute Olson. because growing up in Tucson, Arizona, Lute Olson gave us something to be proud of. You know, Tucson was always known as the little guy compared to Phoenix. We never got a lot of love, but when it came to basketball, you best believe we were going to kick your ass every single year. And he made March Madness. Of an event in Tucson, Arizona. And I wish he had more national championships because he was such a legendary head coach who had a lot of great teams, but seeing firsthand how much he impacted Tucson. I mean, legend doesn't even begin to describe how, how he was. And I actually have another uh, personal memento of Lute Olson, uh, his book, that he wrote. Um, I went up to him at a game after he was retired and um, he signed my book. And the one thing that I always loved about Lud Olson, if you notice any one of his autographs is he always put the name because he wanted to know your name so he can put it on the autograph. And and me as a kid, that just meant the world to me. And that was the second time I actually had a personal interaction with loot The first time was when the Harlem Globetrotters came to Tucson and Eugene Eggerson was on the team. And it was a big deal to see a former Wildcat come back to Tucson and play for the Globetrotters. And Lute Olson was in the, the, the tunnel area to the right of us. And my dad said, look, there's loot standing with his then wife at the time. And we actually walked down and my dad said, Loot. And he looked over at us and walked over to us. And me being a little kid, Eight years old, I looked at Lute like he was a god. I don't even remember what the conversation was because I was just so starstruck on okay. this guy because he was basketball in Tucson. And uh, the last time I personally had a conversation with loot was actually with you, Saul. Yeah, we were the at the airport going to the NCAA tournament in San Jose. I believe. Mm-hmm. And that was no, actually, our we were going senior to LA year. That was our, UC,
0: we were going to UCLA, USC.
1: That's what it was. Okay. And, and that was our last year as an undergrad. So it was a big year for yeah. U of A hoops. And just to have that, what, three minute conversation with mm-hmm. him and his wife, it, it was so incredible. And even mm-hmm. as you saw his health deteriorate over the years, you still saw that little twinkle in his eyes and that smile. It was so Hollywood and a, such a polarizing character. I love Lute Olson, man. Uh, Lute Olson. It has a huge impact on my life. He was the reason why I stayed up so many uh, stayed up late so many nights to watch the Cats play. And he gave me and the rest of the Tucson community something to hang our hats on and made us something to be proud of.
0: Yeah, you know. Thank you I, rest I, of peace. Yeah, for sure. You know, I, I will say this as uh, as we send it off. Um, as you know, I work for Fox Sports Arizona, and um, I love I love my job. And um, when I interviewed for the job, my very first interview was with Mr. Brett Hansen, who's our marketing um, our, our senior marketing um, director, and um, had a phone interview with him. And then the next week was uh the Lute Olson statue unveiling. And uh you and I were there and and you know obviously I talked to a couple people here and there whatever and then I'm I moseyed around and I I I ran into Brett Hansen who was who happened to be Lute's SID um during that 97 run and and for I think until 2001 from like 95 to 2001. So he used to be the SID um during that time. So he had a very close relationship with Lute. Um, in addition to that, that was the first time I met Brett Hanson, but it's also the first time I ever met a man by the name of Todd Walsh and Todd Walsh is, um, a lead host on our network does a tremendous job. And he, and if you haven't had a chance to go to Fox sports, Arizona's, um, page and take a look at the Lute Olson essay that he had put out, um, it's, it, it, get your tissues because it, it is, it is beautiful the way he, he really penned that was monumental but that was the first time i ever met those two gentlemen and i just thought it was fitting um that i met them at that statue unveiling and i don't know when they left that day i i had a feeling like man i think i'm gonna get this job um and and i just feel like you know what that's wow maybe it's the romantic in me or whatever but i it was loot it was loot helped out with that you know what i mean And he just, in some kind of oddball way, that's just how I felt and how I took it. And it didn't hit me until he passed away. And I was like, wait a minute. Holy crap. I feel like I wouldn't be here if it weren't for him. So, for you, Mr. Lute Olson. Oh, come on, man. Oh, there we go. Here's to you, sir rest in peace.
1: That's incredible. That's incredible. And I actually uh, commented on Todd Walsh's video and he messes me back and saying the letter that he penned to Lute, that was 37 years in the making. All the emotions and the feelings that he had about Lute, it was all right there in that video. So yeah, definitely go check it out on Fox Sports Arizona. Lute Olsen. Absolutely. Legend, mentor, icon. You will be sincerely missed and for sure the outpour of comments and memories it's just remarkable and i'm gonna see you soon
0: well oh, sh- not too soon now oh come not, on soon. Now. not soon not jesus not come soon. on now not so- I, I can't not handle soon. 2020 like that justin don't put me in this corner no. No
1: way. Come on no now, way. dog.
0: Not, not, I don't I don't think soon was the right soon word. Soon relative to like when the dinosaurs died, sure, yeah, but like but but if, motherfucker, if you go this year, that's it. I'm done with 2020. Like, come on now.
1: i don't, no. don't put that someone uh, soon voodoo <laughs>
0: juju shit out there. Come on now.
1: Don't you put that evil uh, on me, Ricky Bobby. Um <laughs> you know, anyway. I, we, we all love Luke Olson, and may you rest in peace and we Definitely want to send our condolences to the Olsen family and the rest of Wildcat nation, because I know this is a community that's really hurting right now. So we send our best wishes and our condolences. Tell them where they
0: can find us, Justin,
1: man, you know where to find us. Total BS podcast, subscribe on Apple podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts and be sure to also subscribe to us on YouTube. Give us a like on Facebook for the Sunday night stream. And also be sure to hit us up for Fantasy Football.
0: Hell Give, yeah. Reach
1: out to us. Get Let's on go. the list now because it's going to be one hell of a season. Let's have go. A gr- have a great start to your week, everyone.
0: Absolutely. Hey, that's the end of this show. We'll see you when we see you. Peace.
1: Spit your best 16 if you must, you're not whack, you just sound whack rapping after us. Yo, your fans just might turn into our fans, be cool, it's just a part of this program. Spit your best 16 if you must, you're not whack, you just sound whack rapping after us.